Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Grant Baldwin. Good to have you here with us. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is treating you good. Hey, uh, we got a great show for you today. But before we get into today's interview and guest, just a quick reminder, this is the finale of 30 Days of Podcasting. Yes, that's right. In the month of April, we've been doing one episode every single day, and we have reached the finale, the final day of the month. We have had so much fun. Really enjoyed doing this. Uh, we might do this again at some point. It's a lot of work doing one episode today. I'll tell you that much. That the the people that do podcasts on a daily basis, that's just a lot. That is a lot. So anyway, we have had a good time though this month doing that and I uh, hope it's been helpful. Hope it's been beneficial to ya. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show. That way you never miss out on episodes that we've got. But uh, as of, uh, let's see, tomorrow we will return to regularly scheduled programming. We, at the time of this recording, this could always change, but we do episodes every Tuesday and every Thursday. So make sure that you uh, subscribe so you uh, don't miss out on those as they come out. We got some uh, more great episodes coming up next Tuesday. We're going to be talking about website domains in episode 59. You know, what do you do if your domain name is taken or or should you use the .biz or .net or .org or, you know, all that just if you're trying to figure out your domain name, we're going to have that conversation next week in episode 59. Also in episode 60 next week, we're going to be talking with my favorite person on the planet, my wife. Uh, this was a great conversation. I'm really excited about this one. We just recorded this recently, and uh, it took some convincing to get her on the show, but uh, I'm really excited about how this turned out. We discuss, you know, balancing marriage and life and entrepreneurship and kids and family and travel and all of that stuff. So a lot of fun. So don't miss out on that. That's going to be episode 60. So, all right, that's to come though. Let's talk about today's episode. Today in episode 58, we're talking with my buddy, Tim Page of Lead Pages. And uh, Lead Pages is a tool that uh, I've used in my business for several years for list building. And so in today's conversation, we talk about list building why it matters, why it's important, and, uh, and how to do it. And just so you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface here. But on May the 5th, May the 5th, mark your calendar down for that. Uh, Tim and I, we're going to be co-hosting a, uh, a free online training all about how to build and grow your email list. So that's going to be, again, Thursday, May the 5th. You're going to want to uh, register for that. It's totally free. You can go to thespeakerlab.com slash Tim, T-I-M. So again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash Tim. Again, that's going to be Thursday, May the 5th. Now, if you're listening to this way into the distant future, uh, you can still go ahead and go to that link and we will. Uh, you can go ahead and, and uh, uh, get the replay of this online training that we're doing. But I would recommend that you come live. We're going to do a lot of listener Q&A as well. And so uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Again, that's going to be the speakerlab.com slash Tim to register. Totally free. Going to be this Thursday, May the 5th. All right. So let's get into uh, the conversation discussion with Tim Page. Enjoy. 
What is up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, we are joined by my good buddy, Tim Page of Lead Pages, who is one of the most beautiful guys that I know. What's up, Tim? How are you? What's up, man? Oh, you lie. You lie to your people. Stop. Stop. Stop it. Listen, we hung out a couple years ago or so. We crossed paths at a multiple conferences since then. And, you know, there's some dudes that you just meet and you're like, I just like that guy. And uh, Tim definitely qualifies as that dude. And in fact, if people are interested in hearing more about your story and journey on our previous podcast, How Did You Get Into That? People can go back and listen to episode 98, where we talk to you more about your voiceover work. I don't know if most people even know that you're like this voiceover stud. Uh, <laughs> and so we uh, definitely, if you want to hear more about that, definitely go to, to episode 98. But today we're going to be talking more about like list building and we're doing an upcoming training together which we'll talk about in a bit and so we'll go down that path but you work with uh lead pages and i think lead pages for people that are listening to this is probably one of those companies that a lot of people have heard of maybe vaguely familiar with first of all let's just kind of start off with like what is lead pages what is it that you guys actually do yeah, so Lead Pages is a software tool that takes the latest and greatest of what's been tested and proven in marketing and creates software tools that makes it easy for you to apply what's working in your business. So I think we're most known for our landing page templates. So we have these amazingly effective landing page templates, but we also have different tools like opt-in forms that pop up when you click on a link or a button. We have a tool that allows you to get people to give you their email address via text message so they can join your email list using text message. So yeah, so basically everything is centered around getting you more leads and more customers. Now let's start with kind of a like a, a high level view here because I think there's a lot of people that are listening to this who want to be speakers, who are interested in speaking, who want to build their speaking business. And so I think initially on the surface, it's easy to look at and be like, okay, what do I need landing page software for? Why do I need to be worried about creating more leads or building an email list? So could you give us just kind of like a big picture of like, why does an email list even matter? Like, why is that something that we should be thinking about or something that should be on our radar? Yeah, you know, What's interesting is that I hear this a lot where people say, I've got this big Facebook following or I can already draw a lot when I go speak or whatever it is. But the reality is in most forms of marketing, we are just hoping that people are going to come to us. We're hoping that our clients are going to come to our website, that the people that book us are going to come find us somehow. But when we have a list, we have basically a group of people that we can reach out to whenever we want to. Now, obviously, there's a whole lot of strategy that goes into that. But, you know, when you have an email list, you have uh, hopefully an engaged audience of people that when you're ready to say, hey, here's some stuff that I think might help you or, hey, I've got this product or this speaking engagement or whatever it is that I have going on here, you know, I just wanted to let you know about it. You can do that. And it's an asset that you always own. That email list is something that you always own as opposed to something like, a Facebook business page where if one day Facebook decides that you're not allowed to have a business page anymore, it's gone and they can do that. That's their prerogative. But an email list is something that you own and you can always reach out to those folks and always kind of have that conversation with your audience in a way that helps them and you. Yeah, I think you make a great point there that a lot of people don't think about that, you know, as speakers, a lot of times we are waiting on people to pick us or we're waiting on people to discover us. But when you have some type of of asset like an email list, then you're going to have a group of people who may be interested in hiring you that you can continue to build that rapport and that relationship with and that you can continue to connect with and contact long term. And part of it, too, I know as being a speaker is that you're just trying to stay top of mind with them so that whenever, you know, for a lot of decision makers, they're only looking to book 
Francisco speaker maybe once a year, but hopefully you've been able to stay on the radar to the point that whenever they get ready to book a speaker, that you are someone that they think of because you've built that rapport, you've built that relationship with them. Well, and you know, what's interesting is that now in a lot of industries that you otherwise wouldn't think it matters to have an email list or a big social following or whatever, a lot of those industries now are relying on things like what your following looks like. You know, here's a great example. You mentioned the voiceover stuff. Right now, there's a big renaissance happening where for some of the bigger voiceover jobs, if you don't already have a big following, if you can't say, you know, send an email to 50,000 people and say, hey, I'm on this new show or whatever, then even if you did a better job auditioning, you might not get the gig. You know, it's the same thing with many authors. If you want to get published, you already have to have a following. And an email list is the most effective type of following where you can say, look, I can send an email to 50,000 people and sell some books. Or if you are trying to book a speaking engagement and it's a big one, you can say, look, I can send an email to 10,000 people and have a better shot of filling your event or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think that there's just, again, you're bringing up a lot of good points there that there's just a, a lot of value to an email list that can also, like you said, kind of open doors for you or can kind of be like just benchmarks that you have to be able to kind of check. And and you brought up a great one there about publishing. I know there's a lot of people listening to this who either have a book or want to publish a book. And the reality is, is like, if especially if you want to work with a traditional publisher, and even if you want to self-publish, like, you have to have people that are willing and ready to buy that book. Otherwise, you just, you know, you launch a book and your mom buys it and that's about it. But having that list that you can follow up with and that you can offer a, you know, a book or a product or service to makes a huge, huge difference when building the business. So let's talk about this for a second. I know for some people that are getting started, okay, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, I've heard about an email list. I know that I'm supposed to have one. I've got maybe... 50 or 100 people on an email list that I've just kind of accumulated over the past several months or years? Like, where do I even begin to start to build more of a list? Yeah, there are umpteen bazillion strategies that you can use. But there are a few things that we found can be really, really effective. I'm going to talk about right off the bat, just the thing that's worked better for us than anything else. And that it's something that ties in with your content creation. So just kind of the prerequisite to what I'm about to talk about is that you need to be creating some kind of free content for your audience, whether it's a podcast, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's, you know, blogging, just traditional writing a blog post, you need to be creating free content that speaks to particular problems or frustrations that your target audience has. But that being said, the thing that we found that grows our list faster than anything else is using a tactic called a content upgrade. And what that is, is it's a specific, relevant lead magnet that you create for each blog post that you write. So for example, let's say after this episode, you decide you want to try this. So you go and write a blog post about whatever it is you want to write a blog post about. Well, before you publish that blog post, create some extra piece of bonus content that's specific to the topic of the blog post, but it's a bonus. It's something that you can read the blog post and get a lot of value, but if you want to take it to the next level, you want to get that bonus. And in order for somebody to get that bonus, they have to give you their email address. So the kind of old school way of doing this would have been, you know, you would create one freebie thing. You know, some people call it freebies or opt-in bribes. You might hear me call it a lead magnet. That's what we call it, the thing you give away to get an email address. In the old days, you would create like one lead magnet and that's what you would use everywhere. So if you were, you know, you spoke on how to be healthy or whatever, and you wrote a blog post about superfoods, 
Well, if the only lead magnet, the only freebie you had was about yoga and you would put an opt-in form for your yoga at the bottom of a blog post about superfoods, see, there's a disconnect there. Right. Like if I'm, I don't have to care about yoga to want to read a blog post about superfoods, but the kind of right way to do it, the way to be as effective as possible is in the case of a blog post about superfoods, why not do something like, you know, enter your email address to get five recipes that include the superfoods mentioned in this blog post? Because now it becomes a tool that adds value to the existing blog post and somebody giving you their email address gets something that you know they want because they're reading that blog post and in exchange, you're growing your list. And one of the things that works really well is this works well online, but this also works offline for speakers. Like, I, So if you're giving a presentation and then you can turn around and say, hey, if you want, like you said, you gave the recipe example, if you want some you know, more information, if you want a cheat sheet, if you want a checklist, if you want a, this PDF download, or even just something as simple as if you want an outline of my talk, if you want a copy of my slides, those types of things that people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm willing to take that next step to get whatever that free bonus is. So in terms of how that actually plays out in an on, I want to talk about both online and offline, because I know you guys can help on the offline stuff in, in a speaking context. But like on the online stuff, if I have a blog post and I create that content upgrade, like how does that actually work? Like how does someone, like where does someone put in their email address? How do they get the, whatever the bonus is? How does that all play out? Yeah, there's a couple of things you can do. So if, if you're not using lead pages, you can just get an opt-in form from whatever email marketing tool you're using, you know, ConvertKit, MailChimp, whatever you're using, doesn't matter. You can get an opt-in form and put that in the blog post. The only problem with that is that traditional opt-in forms, no matter how nice they look, are still traditional opt-in forms. Right. And they're still kind of a nasty, you know, like gimme, gimme, gimme kind of thing. So what we did was we created a tool called lead boxes and lead boxes are opt-in forms, but they're not visible until somebody clicks on a link. So what you could do is in your blog post somewhere, even right up at the top or in the middle or at the bottom, wherever you could put something along the lines of, by the way, if you would like five recipes that'll include the superfoods mentioned in this blog post, click the link below. And then you put a link, just a regular text link, or you can use a button or an image, whatever you want. But you put that there. And when somebody clicks it, then the opt-in form pops up and says, enter your email address below and we'll send you the recipes. That's the method that we use and that about 40,000 other people are using. And the reason why is because when we tested that, we tested that back when we launched it, we had about 35,000 customers. And when we tested that versus having an opt-in form right on the page, we found that the pop-up opt-in form outconverted the traditional opt-in form by 32% on average. Wow. So why, why is that? Well, there's a few reasons. The first thing is kind of what I was talking about with the, the gimme thing. When there's an opt-in form directly on the page, it gives the perception that you are just there to take something from them. You know, somebody goes to your page and the first thing they see is an opt-in form that says, you know, enter your email just to get this thing. So it's automatically a subconscious perception that it's a taking page. But when you only give them the opt-in form when they ask you for the opt-in form, clicking on a link says, hey, I want it. Now it's a giving page because you've only said, you know, give me your email address when they said, hey, I want this thing. Right. So that's one thing. The second thing is that it actually 
forces your visitors to make a decision, which is a good thing. Whenever a lot of times people that are very averse to marketing or sales, they hear the word forces uh, and they go, oh my gosh, no, I don't want to force people to do stuff. But forcing people to make a decision is a good thing because you know you've got something that can provide them value. So it forces people to make a decision because once that opt-in form appears, they have to either opt-in, say yes, or close the box, say no. If the opt-in form is just right there on the page, they can scroll around and just leave. They never have to make a decision because they don't even have to know that it's there. And then the other reason is because it creates something called behavioral momentum or rather it facilitates behavioral momentum, which basically means, you know, when you click that link, to make the opt-in form appear, that's a little commitment, right? I've clicked that link saying that I want it. So I've committed to saying that I want it. And so it's easier to make a bigger commitment of actually opting in once you've made a small commitment of clicking the link. Right. You know, I spent a lot of, a lot of time in sales. And one of the biggest things that they'll teach you is if you get people to say yes to a bunch of tiny little commitments that don't really mean much, but you get them in the habit of saying yes, then when you ask them to buy, they're more likely to say yes because it's easier to stay in that pattern of compliance than it is to break the cycle and say no. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Now, so you can do it through like a lead box online. Let's talk about offline for a second. So if I, let's imagine that I've got a a speaking engagement coming up uh, next month and I know there's going to be a hundred people in the room and I would love to collect their email addresses. There's a bunch of different ways that you could do that. What are some ways that maybe you would recommend that you could provide a solution for? The number one way, if you're speaking or you're doing any kind of promotion that where your audience is not sitting at a computer, the number one way that I would recommend, even I guess even at a speaking engagement, a lot of times people have their laptops, but I still encourage you to do this, is to use what we have called lead digits. And lead digits is the feature I mentioned where you can collect opt-ins via text message. So this is something I've been doing a lot at my speaking engagements where I'll start off and say, look, before we even get started, I know that when I'm in the crowd and I'm watching somebody speak, trying to take notes means I miss a lot of stuff. And I don't want you to miss anything I'm talking about because I'm going to give you a lot of stuff in a short period of time. So just do this. Text Tim's slides to 33444. And that's, uh, and that's when, an actual thing. Like we could, like if we wanted to just go through this and test this and see what this looks like, we could do that. Yeah, that's not an actual keyword, but I'll tell okay. you one that you could use. Yeah, it's, give us one we can use just to like check out. Yeah, text demonstration to three three four four four. Cool. So it's just the word demonstration. You'll get a chance to see what it looks like, but I customize them for the events, and that's what I would encourage you to do as well. Each time you speak, have a custom lead digit for that event, and then you can offer your slides to the audience. When they send a text, so for example, you'll get to see this if you do it, but even if you don't, if you were to text, for example, Tim slides, they would get a text back that says, great, what email address should we send the slides to? They reply with their email address and then lead digits automatically adds their email address to your email marketing tool. So now you have them on your list and you can stay in touch with them. They get that slide deck automatically sent to their email and it's just what it does is it it allows you to market to people where they currently are, as opposed to being like, hey, go to a website address, go find the opt-in form, enter your email address. It, you know, it's so much easier for somebody to just whip out their phone, send a quick text message and be done with it. Right. 
Here's one thing I'm kind of wondering about is I think there's anytime we go speak somewhere, I think there's two types of people in the audience. There is the audience themselves who are interested in the subject or topic. And then there's also, there may be uh, potential buyers for our speaking engagement. So just because someone's in the audience doesn't necessarily mean that they would be the one that would hire someone else for a speaking engagement. So it's hard to kind of differentiate between people who are just audience members who may be interested in. So for example, okay, if I'm, let's go back to your superfoods example, all right? If, if I'm a, a superfoods speaker, right? And I'm speaking to an audience about that. Most people in the audience are going to be interested just in superfoods, but there may be a handful of people who would be interested in hiring me to speak. So is there a good way to kind of differentiate both online and offline of people that may be interested in hiring me to speak versus someone that may just be interested in the topic that I'm talking about? I think the biggest thing comes down to your messaging. So if you're speaking, you know, you're probably not going to say, by the way, if you'd like to hire me to speak, blah, blah, blah. I could be wrong. And if that's the case, great. I've personally never done that. But what you can do is as you're doing everything else leading up to and after speaking, you're out there talking to people and, you know, you run into people that could be potentially uh, people that are going to hire you. You know, I would encourage you to actually have specifically a lead digit for that. You know, I've got actually I have three actual real working lead digits, one for people that I might want to partner with in some way in business, one for people that are potential customers, and then one for people that I just want to stay in touch with in general. And because if I try to hold business cards, I'm going to lose them. I recycle them. I don't remember who they are. But if they send a lead digit to those particular numbers, then I know kind of at least the general bucket that they're in. So you can have a lead digit specifically for people who you think might be great potential person to hire you. And in exchange, you know, you can say, hey, listen, uh, you know, I don't want to like hand you my press kit or whatever, uh, or I don't want to give you like my thing here. But what I'll do is I'll send it to your email. Just send a quick text instead of, again, giving them a business card, hoping that they actually do something with it. Now you get them on the list and they automatically get it. And I think that's super smart. I'm so glad you explained it like that. A lot of people are going to, if you're a speaker or you're just a personal brand or you have an an online or an offline business, you're going to have a variety of people that come to you that are coming to you from different contexts. And so let's imagine you're a speaker who speaks on a couple different topics. Or Tim, you're a great example of you do some stuff on webinars, you do some stuff on teaching online marketing, but you also have this like this voiceover thing. And they're two totally unrelated worlds. And so there's going to be some people that are like, Tim, I would love to know more about your voiceover work. How do you do that? How do you get into that? How do you get started? I'd love to pick your brain on that. Well, those people may or may not be interested in your online marketing stuff. So you can't like throw everybody into the same bucket. You have to kind of segment and differentiate. And so one of the best ways to do that is by creating, like you said, either through lead digits or uh, different landing pages of saying, you know, this person's interested in voiceover work, so let's send them down this path. And this person's interested in online, you know, marketing, so let's send them down this path. Two totally different worlds, but the way you communicate to them has to be different. You can't throw everybody into the same bucket. Exactly right. Yeah. It just allows you, regardless of, you know, how you're doing it, the key is just to really make sure that And by the way, this applies to any kind of marketing in general. You just need to make sure that you're communicating the right message to the right person. I'm not going to send an email about voiceover to folks who have come to me because they want to learn about how to market their business online. I'm not going to send a message trying to sell something to somebody who I'm looking to partner with. Right. right. I mean, maybe I am, but for the most part, I'm not. We're looking to speak or give the right message to the right person at the right time. So let's imagine at this point, okay, I'm starting to build an email list. I've even got it like slightly, maybe I've got kind of two lists there. They're just kind of slightly segmented. 
for people that are interested in my voiceover stuff versus my, you know, my online stuff. How do I begin to like follow up with them? What do I do from that? Okay, I, I got them on the list. Like now, like what do I do? Like I, I don't know what to send them. I don't know how to follow up with them or keep in touch with them. Sure. So the people that you're just trying to stay in touch with, what you can do is you can create just a very personalized email. And that can be your welcome email. It can say something along the lines of, you know, hey, we met up at this event. And the reason you're getting this email is because I thought we might be great for us to stay in touch. You know, here's my contact info. Shoot me a text, shoot me an email, whatever. Let's stay in touch. That's for just the people that whatever you just felt like, you know, like you and I, where it's like, hey, let's stay in touch, man. I mean, granted, you can just give somebody your phone number, but maybe not at first. But, you know, that's one way to do it. Now, the people that are potential customers, great. You can just add them right into your regular follow-up sequence if you're using one. And you and I are going to talk a little bit more in depth on our webinar together about the follow-up sequence that I recommend. And then the people that you're trying to have, you know, maybe a particular kind of, of business relationship with, or maybe you want them to hire you as a speaker. Yeah, that first welcome email delivers them maybe your press kit or whatever you're currently using to book yourself more speaking engagements. And then the follow-up sequence can be maybe one of the emails can be some testimonials from previous people that have hired you and what the people thought of the event and what that did for that event. And then you can ask them to, you know, schedule a call with you or whatever to discuss what it might be like to be at the event. But it all comes down to, again, just, you know, sending the right emails for the right person at the right time. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about that. You, you kind of teased it for a second there. We're going to be doing a, a free live training coming up on Thursday, May the 5th. Thursday, May the 5th. Is that right? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, May the 5th. So first of all, if you haven't already registered for that, what are you waiting on, my friend? You, you got to register for that. You can register by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash Tim, T-I-M, Tim, thespeakerlab.com slash Tim. So definitely register for that. And listen, I, I would say this, if you are interested in lead pages, definitely come check it out because you'll get a little behind the curtains. But even if you're just like, I, I'm not interested in lead pages, or I don't think I am, but I just want to learn more about some of what, what Tim and Grant have been talking about here. You definitely want to be there. I've been a part of several of Tim's webinars. He does some insanely good, just free training, free content. And so definitely want to come check that out. So Tim, why don't you give us kind of like a, just a, a big picture view of what else we're going to be talking about on the, uh, the free training so people know uh, if it's for them. Yeah, so it's going to be three sections of the webinar, and we're going to break it down step by step so that the goal of the webinar is to give you a full customer acquisition system from A to Z so that after the webinar, you'll have something in place to get you new subscribers, something in place to get you new subscribers consistently all the time, and then a follow-up sequence in place that turns those customers, or I'm sorry, those subscribers into paying customers so that Anytime you're sending traffic to your website, anytime you're speaking at an event and you're growing your email list, you have the best chance of quickly taking those people from, hey, I just heard of you to I'm giving you money for whatever it is that you're offering. So we'll begin with the starting point that I recommend to everybody, regardless of how big or small their list is. Then we're going to talk about the thing that grows our list more than anything, which is content upgrades. And we'll go into some specific examples of what to use for your content upgrades and how to use them. And we're going to close out with, I will walk you through exactly how to create a follow-up sequence, meaning somebody opts in, what happens from there, and exactly what to put in each email, where they direct people, and how to get that person to say, yes, I want to buy your stuff. So you'll have literally after that webinar, that event, you're going to have uh, an exact process in place so that you never have to worry about your website generating customers for you again. 
And one of the things that you kind of uh, touched on there that I, I thought is a great point is we can talk about some of this in a podcast. It's very difficult to describe audibly, yes. right? But whenever you come to a webinar, like Tim does an amazing job of just showing examples of this and you click here and then this happens. And then here's an example of here's why this works, you know, compared to that option. And so being able to visually see it. So we're just wetting the appetite right now of what Tim's going to be talking about on the webinar. So again, if you want to register for that, head over to thespeakerlab.com slash Tim. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash Tim. If you're listening to this way into the future, welcome. Glad that you're here. But first of all, you need to be listening on a regular basis. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. But then also, you can go ahead and register and we can uh, try to get you at least a, a replay or let you know when the, the next one's going to be happening. So again, thespeakerlab.com slash Tim. Register. That's going to be on May 5th. You're not going to want to miss that. So Tim, if we want to find out more about you, more about lead pages, in the meantime, where can we go? Yeah, so you can just head over to leadpages.net and uh, get a chance to check out a little bit about what Leadpages is all about. Be on that live webinar because that'll give you the best chance to see what it's all about as well as get some amazing training. And if you want to follow up with me, I'm on Twitter at Tim the Page, and that's P-A-I-G-E. Beautiful. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the time. Looking forward to hanging out with you May 5th at speakerlab.com slash Tim. Make sure everyone registers. All right, buddy. We'll see you there. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tim Page all about how to build and grow your email list and why that email list matters. So, hey, again, like uh, like we were talking about, we are just scratching the surface. We're going to be going in-depth on uh, Thursday, May the 5th. Going to be doing a live online workshop webinar training all about how to build and grow that email list. So, you know, like we were, Tim and I were talking about, it's one thing to to describe these things aud- auto, aud- audibly. That, that's probably the word there I'm looking for. But it's, it, it's going to make a lot more sense when you can see these things visually. So that's why visually. I, I'm having trouble with the words today. Don't you worry about that. And so definitely, again, make sure that you join us on Thursday, May the 5th. It's going to be live. It's going to be free. It's going to be a lot of fun. So to register for that, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash Tim, T-I-M. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash Tim. So we will see you there, my friends. That wraps up episode 58. And again, we will see you next Tuesday on episode 59, where we, uh, like I said before, we will resume regularly scheduled programming on uh, doing episodes every, every Tuesday, Thursday. So see you then, my friends. You're awesome.